Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Susan DeVincent along with Yvonne Ermey and today we're talking about an especially vulnerable population in San Diego, foster kids. Joining us is Don Wells, Executive Director of Just in Time for Foster Youth and Virgo Villajin, who is the Youth Services Coordinator. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks so much for having us. So a lot of people might not think about this, but thousands of kids in San Diego spend time in the foster care system. And when they time out of that system, until now, there hasn't been a lot of resources for them. Can you tell us a little bit about Just In Time? Certainly. Actually, I'd like for your listeners to just think about this. Think about if you were 18 years old and on your 18th birthday, your parents came up to your room and said, you know, it's time for you to be out on your own. Here's a garbage bag, put the stuff in it that you can carry, and then you have to leave, don't come back, don't call us for help, here's a couple hundred bucks just in case, good luck to you. And that's really been the actual reality for hundreds of foster youth each year who age out of the foster care system. And Just In Time was started in order to, to deal with that issue and create a community of support for young people. And Virgo, you're now part of the Just In Time organization because you know what kids go through better than anyone since you yourself went through it. And I think that you can probably help because of that in ways that others can't because kids listen to kids anyway, but it's so much more powerful coming from you, again, since you've been through it. It gives you just a different credibility. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that makes our team so effective is we are the entire youth services team is comprised of former foster youth. We've benefited from the services and we're there to give back because we know the potential impact that it can have. And because of a shared experience, we have this immediate trust that we have with our participants that come through our doors. And, you know, I think that what makes the Just-in-Time program so incredible is that a lot of people haven't really thought about the real lives of these kids, about what happens to them once they're done with the foster care system and they're just kind of on the street and out on their own. It's really difficult to even think about that. I mean, I think that's just them falling through the cracks. Well, that was my own experience which is so common is that you don't really think about foster care until you see a story in the newspaper or a story on tv that says here's a bad thing that happened but your mindset is that you know that's that's horrible shouldn't happen but that's the exception and it's not that i'm saying that all the children in foster youth or foster care are treated horribly but the problem is that when you're in foster care you're disconnected first you're disconnected from your family then you're moved around multiple times so you remain disconnected and then when you leave foster care you're still disconnected (laughs) so for for us providing these resources that we provide is great but the biggest gap for young people in foster care is that disconnection human beings do not do well if they're disconnected what age group by the way are we talking about here we serve youth once they're 18 so they come out of the foster care system and and right now there's extended foster care so you can stay in until you're 21 but as soon as you turn 18 and you're able to make your own decisions 
that's when Just In Time is there to help you to move along on the path that you determine and be a partner in your success. Just In Time offers so many different programs. Can you highlight a few of those for us? Well, I'd like Virgil to talk about one in particular because he was he started with Just In Time in College Bound, and now he actually runs the College Bound program. So one of the things that ties all of our services together is that we would do everything that a healthy, supportive family would do for a young person. Um, what brought me to Just In Time originally was uh, I was getting ready to transfer to San Diego State, and I didn't really know anyone here. I didn't have, you know, a laptop or printer. And I found out that Just In Time was give, helping with a laptop, printer, and school supplies, so I signed up immediately. Uh, originally, I came in for the resources, but I was really surprised by the community that they were building there. And I got connected to all of these volunteers that were just really excited for me to have this fun college experience. And they didn't treat me like a statistic or a feel-good project. They were just excited to help me get to the next level. And after benefiting from College Bound, after I graduated, I knew that I have to go back somehow. I want other people to benefit from the same experience that I did. And I've been with Just In Time since then. You know what, John? Uh, Virgo touched on something here that I think is really important. You guys aren't just an organization that's that's helping kids. You almost step in in a parental role, offering love and support and the kind of things, as Virgo said, a real parent would do. You know, how to teach a kid to focus on their strengths and what they should be doing in, in their life as they go into their own careers. It's a level that I think a lot of people wouldn't have really thought about an organization like this would do. Actually, when I became the executive director, I looked at a lot of research about what transition age foster youth needed and there was a, a list of seven major things, and some of them were things like they have to understand money, they have to have yes. a job, they have to have education support. But the number one thing on the list was they need a supportive environment. They need consistent guidance from adults. And as I looked around, nobody was doing that. People were providing lots of resources, but those resources don't mean uh, uh, as much if you're not part of a community. And, and to your point before, even if you're trying to, for example, help somebody uh, with financial literacy, that young person is more likely to pay attention to somebody who they think is a consistent, caring person in their life, mm -hmm. not somebody who's just giving a lecture about it. Sure. So having young people come in and connect with, with people like Virgo, whether they come in for an emergency basic need, you know, they, they need rental assistance, whether they need furniture, we, we collect furniture from the community and help people set up their first homes, all those things youth come to us for because they know they need those things. They know they need a laptop. They're not even looking for relationships by the time they come to us because they've been disappointed so many times yes. and people have made promises and then disappeared. So they don't even think that's possible. So it's a real kind of a shock to young people when they come to Just In Time and it's a community. It's not an agency. So they're trying to form trusted relationships with adults that they haven't had in their past. Is there a reason that a lot of these kids have not been able to form trust with an adult? Well, again, and I, I know Virgo can speak to this as well. You go into the foster care system and you're likely to go from one family to another. You make a mistake here, you're out. Now you go to somebody else. They have different rules and you don't quite do what they need and so you go to someplace else. Mm -hmm. Or they only want a young person who's at a certain age. So once you get to a certain age, then you move on. And even if you're going to school, there was one young man who came to me and said that when he was in foster care, he went to his placement. And not all foster parents are like this. Some are great people. But this young man went to his new home, walked in, and the foster father walked up to him and his first words were, you're only here until I pay off my truck. 
Oh, my gosh. So he said he never unpacked his stuff because he didn't know what that meant. Is wow. that a week? Is that a month? So he didn't make any friends at school because he was there temporarily. Oh, so sad. Talking about these relationships and this community you're trying to build, I found a really shocking statistic that 25% of foster children experience PTSD comparable to war veterans. So how do you build trusting relationships with these kids? I'm going to let Virgo talk a little bit about the building trust. I just want to to comment on the whole thing about PTSD. So there's there was a study done here in San Diego of 17,000 San Diegans who were in the the Kaiser Health System. And as they were doing this research, they found this concept called adverse childhood experiences. 10 things that if they happen to you before you're 18, affect your mental, emotional, physical health for years. There's a scale that goes to 10. And there are things like divorce, somebody in your family was incarcerated, somebody uh, had mental illness, there was violence, those kinds of things. And if you score four, then your chances of having diabetes, heart disease, depression skyrockets. If you have six, then your life expectancy is 20 years shorter. When we did a survey with our participants, nobody had a score lower than eight. Wow. And a lot of people had 10. So that's that toxic stress that they come to us with. And that toxic stress comes from being in a place where you can never let down. You have to be vigilant because your environment is so uncertain. And our bodies are not meant to always be in a state of vigilance. So that's what young people come to us with. And part of the trust building is when they walk in and the first person they meet is somebody like Virgo, who is not the usual person that they have to go to for help. Somebody who understands what's what's happening. And we've just started a program called Rise to Resilience because there are six things that have been shown to affect that toxic stress. Sleep, nutrition, exercise, having mindfulness training, having trauma-informed therapy when you need that. The number one thing is being in a supportive environment. And and we've added play to that list, too. There was only six. We added a seventh for play. (laughs) For play? Yeah, play, because play... There have been research that shows that if you have if you have experiences that are playful experiences, if you know if you go to the beach with friends, having that memory is a thing that you can always go back to when you're in a stressful situation. So it's a resilience builder. Foster care is a traumatic experience. I don't think that's an understatement. So when I came out of foster care, I, I couldn't feel confident because I knew I was hiding the secret that no one else in my school could know about. Uh, couldn't feel capable because social workers always told me when to be there, where to be, how to show up, and I couldn't feel connected because I already lost two most important connections in my life. And so coming into a space to build new relationships was a challenge. You you go in there with all these walls of what is this person's motive? Why do they want to get to know me? What's in it for them? How long are they really going to be here? But with a team of former FOSS youth that have a seat at the table and that are you know, prepped to be at that table, to be advocates for their community, we are very intentional in the way that we coordinate our events and we do community building events throughout the year to create this buffer zone of positive memories for our participants. And during the holidays too, especially where it's most crucial for our participants, where it can be so easy to feel isolated on Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, we have community events for them to come to and they show up, uh, we all have a community meal together, they walk away with gift baskets and it's such a blessing to be around them in the holidays. You know, the more you talk about this, there's so many things I didn't think about. For example, as you mentioned, the shame of even telling other kids that you were part of the foster program. Do kids in general usually try to hide that? Or do other kids make fun of them for that? I mean, 
Why is that something you had to hide? Yes, it's something that, I mean, it's no one's fault, but it's just the way it's been portrayed in media all the time. These are yeah. these are the people you feel bad for. These are the ones that, like, your life is bad, but at least it's not like them. But when you're oh. in the community, it's like, yeah. ah, well, that's me. <laughs> and you know, listen, for any kid, for any kid, fitting in is all they want to do when they're young, especially right. when they're building self-esteem. It's so hard to feel different. That's one of the reasons why a lot of kids make mistakes in life, because they're trying to fit in, right? I can clearly understand that now. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing as a community is we're taking it back. We're letting our participants know you're here because you've had this experience. And let me know what you want. Let me know what I can do to help. Let's get you to the next level. Let's form this partnership. It's great to at our event where we have this space that it's made by former foster youth for former foster youth. And just one more point about that. When children are separated from their parents, it's, it's normal for them to think, What did I do to cause this to happen? What's wrong with me that my parents aren't taking care of me? And so they're carrying that along with them through their lives, and then it gets reinforced when they're supposed to, you know, keep this thing secret and they feel deficient and defective because that's that's the way it's being portrayed. And one of the things that the the, the whole ACEs and resilience uh, effort does is say we shouldn't be asking what's wrong with this young person. We should be asking what happened to them. Yes. Because what happened to them is really what the issue is. And that switches the whole conversation. And so the young person then does want to learn their strengths. They do start to become more confident because the question is, this thing happened to me, yet I'm still here. I'm still striving. I'm still moving forward. This thing that happened to me probably would have destroyed some other people, but I was strong enough to get past it. And that's what we help young people to get to that point where... Being in foster care is not a taint, it's it's a bad... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's of honor almost. We're talking about Just In Time, an organization that helps foster youth transition into the real world. And Don, it must be difficult because it seems like there's a lot of trauma within the foster care system. So is there something that you guys do to work with that system to alleviate that trauma and that atmosphere? The county is doing some things to try to change some of the elements in the system. And most of that is around really making things more youth-based. Really, if, if you think about it, the foster care is really built to be very temporary. It's not supposed to last for 16 years. Really, the way it's constructed, there's a problem with the family. You take the child, you should fix things that are with the family, and then the child goes back. Because it's temporary, it's not built for anybody to really take responsibility for making sure that things are going along. With your own child, you start transitioning that child to adulthood as soon as they're born. You're thinking about what's going to happen next year, what's going to happen when they're 18. Mm-hmm. But in foster care, you go to a home, you're there temporarily, nobody's responsible to make sure that the, the last part of it happens. Mm-hmm. So the, it becomes just a drifting from one place to another, and the young people feel that lack of connection, as I said before. So I, I think part of what's happening now is that people are recognizing that flaw, and it's less about policies, has to be more about 
people? What does this young person need? Because whoever they are, somebody's responsible in that moment to be trying to help them to move forward. And Don, you had touched on earlier about someone who wasn't really a great example of a foster care parent that just said, hey, I'm only in this until I get my truck paid off. Mm -hmm. Is there someone that's kind of overseeing these foster families that's making sure that the place that you put the kids in, aside from when they initially go in, to kind of follow up and make sure that that home is a caring environment for them to be in? Well, this is, this is, it's been an evolution, really. When I first got involved with this, there were so many more young people who needed placement than there were homes for them yes. to go in. So that makes the standard not as rigorous. Over time, I think that that's been recognized. A, a lot of people, like Casey Family Programs, which has done a lot of research around the country, they looked at ways to try to reform the foster care system. And this is, this is simplifying it, but what they said was young people should not be in foster care. It's, it's not a place for young people to be. Even if it was great, still, they shouldn't be in there for long because it's, that's not right. how children thrive. And if they are in there, they should be in there for a shorter period of time as possible. So there's more effort to give more resources now to families, try to make the family work well so that that consistent caring is there from a parent who might have suffered from the same things that that foster youth is suffering from and their issues weren't addressed so then they have children and now it just keeps repeating so part of what we are committed to doing is breaking that cycle by helping our young people have what they need in terms of relationships and resources so that when they have families their children will not have adverse childhood experiences let's talk about something more positive let's talk about some of the changes that you guys are actually affecting these programs that you guys offer, one that I think is really interesting is the My First Home program. I remember when I was 18 and just moved out of my parents' house and I had no idea that I needed to buy toilet paper. <laughs> that, oh, I would need things to clean my house. Never I mind balance totally a checkbook. Yeah. 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 So I can't, and I, I didn't think about it, you know, what would I have done if I didn't have anybody to tell me like, hey, Yvonne, you need to go buy toilet paper. You're going to need some cleaning <laughs> supplies and to help me furnish my apartment. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, oddly enough, the toilet paper thing was the thing that I really was. <laughs> sure about when I met my parents' house. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to let Virgo talk about this too because Virgo has been really involved in the My First Home resource. Yes, I also coordinate My First Home and it's one thing that I get really excited about because kind of similar to what you were saying, I was unprepared. Um, I came out of student housing, had my degree and everything, but it just didn't click in my head that I would I would need a bed. I didn't know that. So funny. <laughs> I didn't know I needed furniture. By the way, you're no different from any other kid. None. Um, so that night, I found myself leased lawn chairs from uh, my apartment oh, building. Oh, my gosh. And I had clothes on, and that's where I slept my first night. And I called just in time the morning after. I was like, hey, uh, I need help. you got to see this. <laughs> And they were able to get me a brand new mattress uh, within a few days, and they connected me with volunteers that took me to their warehouse to pick out items. And it wasn't just like, here you go, good luck. It's like, they picked stuff out. They're like, hey, what, what's your style? What's your favorite color? Oh, what does your awesome. home look like? And 
they wow. just taught me how to set up my home. I had like I celebrated with dinner party afterwards because I had all these placemats and matching silverware. <laughs> I'm very popular in the holidays. And you know what's cool about that? You got to make those decisions. It's mm-hmm. not like someone just gave you stuff and you just had to take whatever was given to you, which would make you probably feel like a charity case. You got to go in there and choose what you want and your own style, building your own self-esteem and taking your own power back, right? Mm-hmm. And we're able to do this for uh, upwards of 10 youth per month on the every second Saturday. We have volunteers come and these participants, they have a full team with them. Someone to help them pick out the items, someone to help them move the items, and a truck driver. So it's a full team behind them getting them set up for their first homes. Now, Don, where do you get a warehouse full of stuff like that? Is this from cash donations that you have? Are you looking for donations of furniture or any kind of household goods from the community? We are. My first home was really the first thing that Just In Time did because the original volunteers, they went to deliver gift baskets to young people. This is back in 2002 for the holidays and they went to these apartments and they found young people sleeping on the floor or sleeping bags, no furniture, no pots and pans. If you heard the story from those two volunteers who went on the first time, they said what was striking to them was that these young people were so optimistic, they were so grateful that somebody was there for them. And after that encounter, those two volunteers started getting other volunteers and said, we have to do something. This is not okay for these young people to be in these empty apartments uh, with nobody paying attention to them. So we reach out to the community and we have donations uh, of gently used furniture for throughout the community, and then we buy some things that are not donated. One of the big hot items is always vacuum cleaners. Nobody donates vacuum cleaners, but the young people really want a vacuum cleaner, but that's not something that they would spend their money on because, you know, it's like a luxury and desks are not donated. I might have both of those in my garage for you right now, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Oh, I am. I have a very crowded garage. And you know what? This is a great thing that people can do to give back. I mean, honestly, you ever try to like sell furniture? I don't want people coming to my house that I'm going to try to sell furniture on Craigslist. It's just not going to happen. So it just has sat in my garage. And what a great way to give back to your community and help people out. And one of the things that that Virgo was talking about too. I just wanted to make one more point about this. I, I remember when I when I was first at Just in Time, we were talking to a young woman about doing a home setup, and the coordinator said, "So, what's your favorite color?" And there was a a silence, and she said, "Nobody's ever asked me that before." Oh, she had been God. in foster care for like twelve years. Wow. But there, there's that there's no choice, so it makes such a big difference. Can I follow up on that? And let's talk about thing that I think is really cool. You guys have specific programs for women and for men. Who wants to talk about that? I can talk about it. Uh, we have Bridges to Success for Young Men and Career Horizons for Young Women, and they're cohort services um, that help them with personal and professional development. So they, get, they learn how to create a resume. They uh, learn great interview skills. And the best part is they do it as a cohort. And so throughout this 10-month curriculum, they're building bonds with each other. They're creating that sense of community of and accountability, too. I'll see them. They check in with each other during the workshops and they say, hey, how did your job interview go last week? Or what does your financial goals look like right now? And so to just have that community with you, holding you accountable to your goals. And they also get paired with a coach that helps, you know, specialize with them, meets with them regularly to check in on their goals, too. So it's a great way for them to pick up all these professional skills, do it as a community. And there's a sense of accomplishment that comes when they've completed the cohort, they graduate from the service. And part of the reason we have two separate cohorts is because the experience is just different. The first meeting with the young women with their female coaches, everybody's talking about everything. 
with the guys, it takes like six months before yeah, they, they, guys, start, yeah. they start to have a conversation. Are you saying that men are better communicators? Yeah. Than women? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they just don't seem to talk as much. So, with that, give us a great success story that stands out in your mind. You mean besides Virgo? Besides Virgo. <laughs> no, really. Well, there's there's so many. Um, we had a, a young woman who was going to San Diego State, felt so isolated, dropped out the first year. You know, she's on academic probation. She came to Just In Time. She started to have more of a sense of community, and she ended up going to Duke. And, wow. And she, what? And she graduated with a master's degree. She's war- working in Washington now at a public policy agency. Okay, that has to give you chills. Like, it, you know, I mean, that's amazing. That's somebody who, who took that route. We also have a young woman who, when she came to us, she was homeless and really had such a low self-esteem. She went through so many challenges, but over time, she started to have more of a sense of her own uh, power. And a couple of years ago, she got a job at a security agency. She became the first female sergeant with the, the transit system. She got rid of her bad boyfriend, which I think was her biggest accomplishment. There you go, girl. Uh, and you know, she's got her own place, her own car, she, and she's doing great. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Okay, so for people that want to volunteer, how do we jump in? What are you looking for? Monetary donations in different ways? Yeah, for manpower. So the basic thing is what we've been talking about, which is just in time succeeds because we're a community. That means we need people to engage. If you want to volunteer, you can volunteer in so many different ways. Um, Some people do one thing a year where they might come in and do, uh, for our Pathways to Financial Power, they might do a, a workshop on how to read your pay stub. And, and that's all they do, but that's valuable for our young people. Other people uh, have given their miles to help youth study abroad. We have one volunteer, while the youth was studying abroad, he went where they were to check in with them and make sure they were doing okay. So, so there's such a wide spectrum. So you can come, you can be a coach, you can come and you can be a facilitator of, of one of our workshops. Uh, we have people who, what they do is help us with our events. They do all the registration and things like that. And then we have people who help us in our office. We have people who are good with database management and they come in and help us. So there's all kinds of ways to be part of our community. And, and I like to say that when I was growing up, I had an uncle who was really good at buying cars, so he helped me get my first car, but he was horrible at relationship advice. <laughs> he, he, had been, he had been married and divorced from the same person three times. No oh boy. So, so I needed somebody else <laughs> yeah. for that part. Yeah. And, and so that's the whole thing. We don't, we don't just have youth get mentors. We have this community, and they meet people, and they get to choose who, who they relate to. So they might be going to a movie with one person and get an entry-level job through a contact with somebody else. So there's so many things to do, and depending on your interest and your time, we will find a way for you to be part of the community. I also think that you guys are good role models, so if you volunteer, people will follow you. So. We would love to. All yeah. right. Starting with Sue's Garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to start in Sue's Garage. <laughs> and we also take financial donations, too. Yes. I, yeah, I did want to ask that. And, of course, all the money is staying really right here. This yeah. is a San Diego program helping San Diego kids. What's better than that? Nothing. <laughs> if people want to learn more about Just In Time, what is a website they can go to? J-I-T fosteryouth.org. And that has information about programs. It has information about things that we we need to get sponsorships and investments in. 
It has volunteer opportunities. It has everything. So people can go figure out how they can help. Because, you know, if everybody thinks, oh, I'm not an expert at something that they might need. But like you said, if you just need somebody to answer the phones to help. And if if you want to volunteer, you'll first say, I want to volunteer through our website. But then you meet with one of our volunteer services coordinators who finds out what you would like to do, what your interests are, what your time is, and finds that slot for you. Well, I cannot imagine a program that has changed more lives in San Diego than this one. I mean, as we talked about earlier, it's something a lot of us have never really thought about before, about the kids that just have kind of fallen through the cracks. By the way, how long have you guys been an organization? 2003. So I was there as a volunteer at the very beginning, and like everybody else who gets associated with the organization, you just become more and more engaged. And once you see those success stories, then it's, it's difficult not to just keep helping. You guys haven't been around that long, and to think about all the kids that didn't have your services available, it's heartbreaking to really think about. And we actually do have youth who will find us when they're 26, because we serve from 28 until your 27th birthday. Virgo, again, thank you so much for all that you're doing for the kids. I think it really gives just a special angle since you've been through it. So I just want to thank both of you guys for joining us today. Virgo is the Youth Services Coordinator, also has been through the program himself. Don, uh, the Executive Director of Just in Time for Foster Youth. And again, reach out if you want to help in any way. They're waiting to hear from you. Thanks so much for having us, and we'll come back if you want us to. That's right. You're going to come clean up my garage is what you're going to do. (laughs) This is Living Better in San Diego. The opinions expressed on this show don't necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on this station's website. Till next time, I'm Susan DeVincent, along with Yvonne Ermey. See you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 